Yo, yo, welcome, Rooster Grooves people. I am Jesse. This is Jay sitting across from me. That's Jay Purcell. Hello, everybody. He started Signal Radio. Neat. So, we're here today talking about sticky fingers. It is good to be here in Seattle, Washington on a rainy day. Another rainy day. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. We're out here. We are here. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We're coming up on our 100th episode. We're excited. Yeah. I think uh, I've lost count. This might be our 99th or 98th episode, actually. Yeah. I should have counted could be the penultimate exactly yeah still don't know what we're gonna do for 100 it might just be another episode just might another just regular, we, don't, we don't know <laughs> we're just rocking and rolling yeah uh but we're talking about sticky fingers right. band out of australia yeah pop reggae mm-hmm. um psychedelic reggae yeah you got a real you know they're kind of genre bending they're like indie yeah. rock psychedelic music yeah. um mixed with what am i trying to think of some I don't know. So they strayed away I, from the reggae a little bit. Yeah, the first couple of albums and for, you know was that, and then they now I, I feel they sound like a, like a laid back groovy strokes maybe. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they have a really like laid back demeanor. Yeah. Just as a band. Musically. Or yeah, I mean yeah, they we'll get into the rest. <laughs> <laughs> they have some yeah yeah possible opinions. Right. Yeah um and things like that yeah. but as far as their band image goes they have just a real chill demeanor they're just relaxed they just want to have a good time kind of thing yeah um and we'll get into it but i think overall these guys are good guys yeah um and that's kind of like implying something leaving an implication yeah. in this intro foreshadowing I yeah like foreshadowing. It. great keep the listeners hooked um, until the end <laughs> i think overall they're good people yeah and from australia right mm-hmm. and five piece uh, apparently they're massive in Australia, right? Yeah, I think that they like basically it. became one of the biggest bands out of Australia. Yeah, like if you're in Australia, you probably know of them. It's like mainstream mm-hmm. over there or something like that. Probably. Um, Still to yeah. this day, they just dropped an album in 2022. Yeah, and uh, they say in their official bio that they've hit a billion streams since they started. I so think. They're like a low-key huge band. Low-key huge band, yeah. I mean, they do tour the world, they, mm-hmm. um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, but I've not I'm heard not, of them though. I'm not heard of them. Yeah, so how do you you suggested them today? How did you come across mm-hmm. them? Uh, my buddy, my cousin mm. Johnny, who I uh, run the pizza business with, Dudes Woodfired Pizza. Dudes Woodfired Pizza is it dot com? Yeah, right, spell it out for the people. Ooh, I can't spell that. D u d e z w o o d f i r e d p i z z a dot com. There you go. I'll, I think that was right. Uh, yeah, if you're in Seattle and you have DoorDash and mm-hmm. Uber Eats and all that, look it up. Yeah. Damn fine pizza. Yep. There you go. Open Friday through Sunday. Good um, stuff. So your cousin? Yeah, so Johnny. Yeah. He just came, he was just playing. We were making some pizzas at the pizza shop and he was just playing. He was like, you heard of this band? They're pretty sick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, I have not heard of this band. Mm. So uh, so we played him. Was he and playing the earlier stuff, like the reggae stuff? He, so that was the first song that we played, which is why I wanted to open with that track, uh, How to Fly. Yeah. That's what I was introduced to. Yeah. And I was like, this is a really cool, vibey track. Right. Just not much, like not too much to it. It's not overly complex or progressive. Yeah. It just makes me feel really good and relaxed. Yeah. And it's a really chill, groovy vibe that you can get into. Yeah. Um, so I just, I liked it for that reason. So I checked him out. Yeah. Thought it'd be a perfect type of band to talk about with you. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a great Roots to Grooves band, and I think they've proved in, proven that they are, they really are. Yeah. Uh, they're just, they're really cool, laid back. They have like five albums out, a couple of EPs. They've toured the world, like you said. Yeah. Um, 
they've gone on hiatus, they've come back. Yeah. They've mostly stuck together since they formed in 2008, right? Right. Um, but they've mostly, there's only like one, I was thinking we should name check their members. They only have one former member who left in 2009, so mm -hmm. he wasn't even there. The one of the original guitarists and keyboardists, a guy called Taras, left yeah. pretty early on. But the rest of them have been there the whole time. Um, I, think, I think we should name drop them, yeah. All right. I'll say the name, you say the instrument. Okay. Dylan Frost. Lead vocals, rhythm guitar. Patty Cornwall. Bass, backing vocals. I'm not sure how to say this. Seamus, is that fair? I would say Seamus. Is that right? Seamus Coil. Lead guitar. Uh, Beaker Best. Uh, drums, percussion. Mm hmm. Freddie Krabs. Keys, synthesizers. Nice. And then, yeah, Terrace was the one guy who was there and then he left. Yeah. So he was only there for like one year when they first formed, it seems like. I think he was on the EP Helping Hand. There you go. Um, and that was it. Yeah. And he was out. Don't know the story. Yeah. He was kicked out or he wanted to go to school or start a family. Who knows? Yeah. Let us know if you guys know. I um, have one more description of their sound that okay. I thought was... It wasn't attributed to anyone, but it was on their Wikipedia page. I thought it was interesting. It says, A melting pot of reggae, psych, and bourbon, hypnotizing you into a swaying trance, then punching you in the face for dancing like a hippie. Their borderline contradictory fusion of flavors speaks to every walk of life, and it's this multiplicity which makes the world their oyster. Don't Straight who, up. Un, unattributed. Pod, well, podcast uh, done. Podcast done. Mic drop. <laughs> that was good. Uh, I like that. I think that's very apt. Yeah. So well, the other thing I was going to say, there's a couple influences. Oh, yeah. Like musical influences of the band. Uh, it's like psychedelic reggae music, and they were influenced by The Clash, mm. Pink Floyd, mm -hmm. Arctic Monkeys. Mm. So those were, I don't know exactly who listed those, but. Right. Yeah. That's all I got right now. Yeah. So I think that's a good little overview. Overview of the band. What do we think? What else do we got? Um, overview wise, I think. Yeah. That's for now. Maybe a good approach. Yeah. Sticky we... fingers, cool, psychedelic, yeah. reggae band, good people. Yeah. Good music out of Australia. Sydney specifically, I think I didn't say that. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, let's get into another track. Yeah. Land of Pleasure from Land of Pleasure. Sticky Fingers with a track called Land of Pleasure from their second album called Land of Pleasure. Very pleasurable. Very pleasurable. It's like a EDM track almost. Mm -hmm. a almost little a little like electronic vibe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they kind of sound tried to sound a little bit British with their top vocals. It sounds like a little Were bit. Were they trying to, you think? <laughs> a little bit. And some, some of those parts, yeah. Would you say there's yeah. some similarities between British accent and an Australian accent? Uh, no. None? No. <laughs> well, vaguely Cockney, like London accent. Mm -hmm. The thing that's interesting, though, is most people, 
uh, British people, if they spend too much time in Australia, they adopt an Australian accent very, mm. very easily, it sounds like. Really? So, yeah. I've known people that have come back and I'm like, what, are you fucking Australian now? What's, <laughs> what's happened with your accent? You're too good for the Brits now? <laughs> yeah. Easier, it's easier, the morph happens easier than anywhere else, like even coming to America. Sometimes really? it happens, I think. That's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I've noticed that. So anyway. I got to go to Australia one day. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about where these guys come from. Right. I don't really have a lot of early info about like their childhoods no. or their families. Yeah. Wasn't able to find that. Yeah. Um, but basically I got up to where they, they meet. Yeah. So I think the, um, the drummer, Patty, and uh, Best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they kind of met and they were kind of, they met the singer, mm. Dylan, and then they all started busking together. Right, yeah. In a Just, suburb called Newtown, right? Newtown, mm-hmm. or, yeah, Newtown. I think there's a hotel called Cooper's Hotel. Okay, yeah. And I think that was the location. Yeah. That's where they met, I think, and formed the band, started just getting, As, <laughs> putting the material together. It, and, it seemed like they just, yeah, they just were like off yeah. running. And they started were to create pretty young, right? I think they were like 18, 19 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, so, late teens. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, then they just started uh, gigging around Sydney, I think, at that time. Yeah, 2008. Yeah. They played their first live show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the following October 2009, they released their first EP. Right. And then, so the only thing I, I know is that, was it the new... Newtown Music Festival, is that what they call it? I think that's that's the big jumping off point for this yeah. story. Yeah. So uh So they, they built up a little bit of momentum. They got a little bit of a band. Yeah. Not even sure if they have the name Sticky Fingers yet. Right. But they're busking, they're creating. Yeah. There's like three of them. Yeah. Um, or maybe at this point they've in two thousand nine they've added a drummer. Yeah. Uh I mean go on, where were you oh. where you were going? And uh Please. so this Newtown Music Festival is pretty big deal in this area. Mm-hmm. And they applied to play it a couple of times and were denied two times. So I think after the second rejection, they were like, fuck it, we're going to do our own DIY show near close to the festival, mm-hmm. like in the backyard type thing. And and they got like a massive audience there. It was a big party time, I think. I think I saw, might have seen a brief clip or photo of it. It looks crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh and and that just really sort of like yeah energized the crowd there mm-hmm. were a few other people in the crowd there uh this one guy um is it dan hume that went on to produce their music he was there in in the crowd kind of thing i don't know um, that yeah but i think that uh, was yeah. this event mm-hmm. it was yeah the catalyst for them meeting people and getting that amount of exposure mm-hmm. to go on to the next level of being a band i think mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I mean, really cool. I, I guess I heard two stories, which was one, they kind of like renegated their way into the, into the festival and set up on one of the stages. Oh, really? <laughs> but I, the other story I heard, which I think is the true one was, it was at like a friend's house. Right. Somewhere near the vicinity of the festival, but not actually on the festival grounds. Right. I think that's right. Yeah. So it's like yeah. just outside. So. Right. Which is a cool idea to do because you're kind of also sniping the crowd of, you know, mm-hmm. people that are just getting there or maybe wanted to go in but couldn't get in or something like that. And yeah. just like, oh, let's just... The, uh, the underage kids have can't a, go in. Let's have a free party out here kind of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they're I, all I, young, I, so yeah. I wonder, I don't have the, the info, but how they, how they got a crowd. 
Like yeah. if it was just the vicinity, like it was visible, so you could see as you're walking in, like oh festival, or I can go to this party. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they had yeah. to do flyers or what, you know. I'm so I'm gonna assume it's just the vicinity and the fact that they were loud. And yeah. Were, and there was a band playing music. There. It just drew attention. Yeah. People were like, oh, this must be part of the festival or something. Yeah. Or some sideshow kind of thing. That yeah. makes the most sense. Yeah. Makes but, the most sense. That's really cool. Again, we're assuming, but it's, I think it's an educated assumption, maybe. Like, uh, educated <laughs> speculation. Educated speculation. So, but I mean, I, I really like the DIY status. Like, yeah. they just, let's do it anyway. Yeah. Like, they don't want us to play in the festival. Right. We're going to play our set anyway. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. So they do it. Um, they eventually release a couple EPs. Mm -hmm. They get hooked up with a couple, like, team members as far as the guy who wants to produce them. Yeah. Um, I think some other people, like... Um, you know, so Triple J, let's talk about Triple J. Radio station in Sydney, right? Mm -hmm. Based in Sydney, yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm sure they were, you know, proponents of this festival. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they obviously knew about it and yeah. probably had a booth or right. at least sent out a, an agent to be like, you know, a scouting. Yeah, yeah. Is there any bands out there yeah. um, that we could play on the radio or whatever? So yeah. I think they got a little bit hooked up through that as well. Mm -hmm. And so then Triple J started playing Sticky Fingers one way or another. Yeah. And they kind of formed a cool bond. Yeah. Where uh, Sticky, is that the the sound of the heater? That, yeah. In the background, folks, that's Seattle warming up mm. in the studio. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, don't mind us. <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah, there was a good relationship between Triple J and Sticky Fingers, and they were giving them a lot of airtime. Yeah. You know, heightening their, um, I think it's a little distracting for It them. is, yeah. Uh, but just pushing them to the next level of engagement with their audience, you yeah. know, new listeners, more people listening, mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, massive airplay um, on a big station. I mean, yeah, um, just that, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of all we need, really. Like, but you know, we're also talking um, different times. You know, we're talking like 2013, like early 2010s. So, right. um, like. Yeah, like streaming and stuff. I don't, I always forget when Spotify started and all that, but like, you know. It, I probably got it in like 2011. Right, yeah. Or 12 even. Yeah, I think so, yeah, around this time. So it was still like the time where... Um, I think I barely got a cell phone in 2008. Exactly, yeah. I think I had my first iPhone until 2014 or 15 yeah. or something. This stuff know, is yeah. new. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so like... Um, uh, yeah, so back then, like, if getting radio airplay is a big deal, and, mm -hmm. and then also releasing music at the same time, you know, so mm -hmm. if people were hearing something, they can go to iTunes or your local record store and buy a real CD, which still happened, I think, back then, kind of thing. Or, in the olden days of in, 2008. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, and then just continuing to play shows as well, like around Sydney kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Especially, I guess, like, you know, Australia is a massive country, but it's... It's still a little bit cut off from the rest of the world, I feel like. And, you know, it's not like they have, like, thousands of, like, bands that are, like, you know, doing it all the time. Yeah. It's like they still have, like, all of the American and British artists in their mainstream and played on their radio. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Australian acts are there, but they're, you know, you know, it's, it's still a, a special thing, I think, to mm -hmm. find a really dope Australian act. Right. And, you know, sort of thing, so... Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So they, uh, so they got hooked up with Dan Hume, who yeah. was kind of like turned into like a right hand man kind of. Yeah. I don't know if he was a manager really, but he he got them to eventually play 
the Newtown Music Festival the next year. Officially. Yeah, so yeah. they were on the bill, yeah. they did it, and that you know, pushed them to the next level of being a band as far as um, exposure and stuff. So they got on the, or Caress Your Soul was the first album. Right, yeah. Let's talk about the first album, Caress Your Soul. We, that's where How to Fly, the first track we played off this podcast. Yeah. That's where that comes from. That was in 2013. Yeah. And so that made it to number 39 on the Australian albums chart. Mm. So they're just kind of trajectories going up. And then I'm just going to jump straight to the second album, Land of Pleasure, where we played that last song. Yep. And that made it to number three on the Australian albums chart yeah. in 2014. And Paddy said when they did this album, they were drenched in alcohol and drugs whilst they were doing this. So they were on this time. come up <laughs> as a band. Yeah. And they're seeing a lot of success pretty quick as pretty young people. Yeah. And so I think this is kind of leading, you know, this is their story. It was kind of leading to a culmination of all yeah. these variables at the same time. Yeah. Where, you know, they're given freedom, they're traveling, they're yep. making music, yep. they're young, dumb. They're, they've said, uh, in hindsight, in a later, more recent interview, they said at this time also they were not taking care of themselves or each other. You know, they were partying a lot. and uh, They were just straight having a good time. Straight having, they were young, 20s, in a band, touring. Mm -hmm. Drugs and alcohol flowing kind of so thing. So they just weren't so, really focusing yeah. or, or being intentional about responsibility or longevity or sustainability. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's something they've said as well. It's like they just do it for fun anyway. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they said they just want to have fun and put it into the music. Is yeah, like this, is not, yeah. this is not the band that's like, we're going to win a Grammy and we're going to play the biggest shows. We want to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah, we're all, yeah, we're all business people, you know. We're yeah. all doing this social media marketing thing. Like, right, right? <laughs> and they're, they're just some kids who want to have fun. Exactly. Yeah. And it's going through music. Yeah. And I can get behind that. Yeah. So, so they're on their come up. They're, doing, they're starting to do big tours. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were gaining gaining like fans in France, Germany, New Zealand. So they're becoming more worldwide known. The Netherlands, UK. Yeah. Um, and so then coming up on 2015, the band had postponed their um, their tour for personal reasons, I think. Right. And I I, yeah. I think that was personal. So I, at this yeah. point in the band, I think they start feeling some some issues start to come up. Yeah. Um, you know, that we're talking about from 2015 to 2018 time period a little bit. Yeah. And they start experiencing, I think it's Dylan has some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, what else is going on in the band right now? Uh, I think sort of, well, I think it was uh, Seamus. Let me just check. Uh, a Paddy, sorry. Paddy oh. was in a mental hospital for a little bit they called it a mental hospital i don't know if that's like the right way to call it maybe a psychotherapy thing or something I don't know. <laughs> more pc way of saying something insane asylum exactly yeah uh and dylan was like sort of struggling with alcoholism and his behavior his general debauchery general debauchery yeah and uh he's a character man all of these guys are characters if you ever see any of them interviewed they're not um, you know, they're not straight-laced people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the drummer's straight-laced. He's like the most quiet, well-behaved he, He's one, the most right? reserved and chill. Exactly, yeah. And you kind of have to be, I think. As a drummer speaking personally, I've been trashed trying to play drums at a show once, <laughs> which I've mentioned before on here. Uh -oh. That was the first show after seven years of not playing, though. Totally didn't think about, you know, that... That aspect. It, that aspect. But yeah, if you get trashed as a drummer and you get on stage, I wasn't even playing rock music. Or I was like playing pretty chilled out stuff. And I couldn't do it. I was like struggling to keep up. So 
you have I, I don't know I feel like as a singer you can get trashed is fine <laughs> maybe <laughs> as a guitarist as a drummer it's like physical I, I, know, I guess it's hard for every everyone but like but still, drummers are the metronome yeah. you know a lot of the time holding down the beat for exactly, the band yeah so if your timing's all over the place or you, then, then everybody's all over exactly the place. yeah yeah the whole thing falls apart so. yeah <laughs> drummers are important yeah yeah Oh, thanks to the God, that fucking sound, man, that whole time. Yeah, that was rough. Sorry, Great, everybody. Sorry about that, guys. Maybe we could take it out and post. Uh, filter it out. Editing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where are we at? Um, so, yeah, it was around this time, right, that they... Well, so this album, the third album, Westway, came out in 2016, right? But mm -hmm. I think it was around this time before that came out that they said they were taking a hiatus, right? Or was it after this album that they took the hiatus? I'm not quite sure, but it was around this time. I know for sure they said they posted it, in 2016 that they were taking time For out, sure. Right? I have, yeah. yeah, December 5th, 2016, the band mm -hmm. announced they would be going on an indefinite hiatus mm -hmm. in February. Mm -hmm. So even like looking ahead a little bit mm -hmm. due to several internal issues. Yeah. And I guess like we should talk about the controversy, right? This is like, I think it was around this time. Right? Uh, yeah, like, I'm not um, exactly sure yeah. exactly when... Specifically, these things happen, but this is a, a big thing to talk about with Sticky Fingers and kind of the main story that we want to tell today. Yeah. So, yeah, they're they're on this come up trajectory. Things are going good. Things are getting wild because they're experiencing success and they're young and they're not handling it in a super responsible way, maybe, yeah. is the way to say it. So they had to take a hiatus and it's due to internal issues. The singer like was being accused of being racist mm -hmm. and sexist. Yeah. So they were kind of like in interviews and... I guess specifically we can talk about it. The one on Triple J, there was a specific interview and they were asking him about some of these incidences. Mm -hmm. I don't remember specifically what they were. Maybe you do, but I think there was one, they were playing a set with another band or something and they had interacted. So there's like, so I guess the Triple J interview that was terrible for them was like the third thing that happened to them. <laughs> right, that was the... Uh, and that interview was about the two previous incidents. So the first there's, incident... There we go. Yeah, it was uh, this... Uh, a uh, band in Sydney, I think, called Dispossessed. That, mm -hmm. that they're sort of a punk band, but they have indigenous members. Mm -hmm. um, and they were playing a set, and Dylan was just in the audience. And uh, and I, th I think at a certain point, one of the members from Dispossessed was like giving some kind of speech about indigenous people and something like that. And someone from the audience shouted out, just play another song or something yeah. like that. Kind of disrespectful, cutting them off. And then this whole brouhaha happened between the band and the audience. And Dylan was there. And from the accounts I've heard people say, like he wasn't like shouting at the band. He was like trying to defend them or tell the audience to shut up. But he was also drunk, it sounds like as well. So there could have been this whole confusion. And I, I think that's what it was. Words it, flying around. It was a miscommunication. Yeah. yeah. People don't know who shouted what. Yeah. And then, but people wanted to turn on somebody. Yeah. And it was, you know, crowd mentality. Right. An intense moment as a show is going on. Yeah. So just a lot of energy, a lot of emotion happening in this moment. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And then I think there was a video that someone took and put on the internet. And then yeah. they got all taken out of context and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there was another interaction where Dylan was in a pub um, with some other singer from another band. And uh, she's indigenous as well. I'm not sure if she was in Dispossessed or someone else. I should fact check this. I'm ballsing it up. Sorry, yeah, folks. I think it was someone else, but... Yeah. Um, and apparently he shouted obscenities at her and maybe spat in her face or something like that. And That's so what I heard. We no one really knows what happened there. That's all hearsay, but 
the woman that was spat on, like, I think came out and gave an account of the story sort of thing, which is like, you know, and I, and I think in subsequent years, Dylan hasn't uh, sort of characterized that, those events in any other way. I think he's acknowledged that they happened kind of thing. Right. Um, and but here's the, the thing that fucked up is when he was interviewed on Triple J about it, he's, Dylan's not someone that's actually out there in front when the band's interviewed anyway. Like, it's kind of strange. Like, he's quiet most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then he'll just, like, act up and, like, walk in front of the camera like an ape or something like that. And yeah. So he's got this, he's kind of got this strange personality where well, he's th- quiet but, like, animated. I think like. he's been diagnosed with, like, a bipolar okay, yeah. disorder. Yeah. Or right. um, schizophrenia or something. Or something. Yeah. One of those. I'm pretty sure I read both of those. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to diagnose or anything, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I think he was diagnosed with some kind of issue like that right which may cause him to act yeah out of character sometimes yeah and so like this interview was put together and uh triple j had been a big supporter of this band like we said and then they took him out of playlist they weren't playing them at all anymore and they basically arranged this interview because the the station knew that i think you know it would draw in a lot of there's listeners. a story there's a story there's the big band in australia at this time yeah and and Dylan was asked, you know, about these incidences and he let something slip about something like uh, boys will be boys kind of thing. That's the quote. He said boys will be boys. And then like the presenter like pressed him on it. It's like, what do you, wait a minute, what do you mean by boys will be boys? And, you know, and Dylan was trying to sort of explain about like the drunkenness and a bunch of guys rolling around and like, you know, that type of energy. You know, he was trying to explain some of this, but he came off really badly. <laughs> he came off as dismissive. Yeah. And, and not apologetic. Yeah. And apparently, subsequently, I heard that when they finish, there's a longer... So the, the, the interview that Triple J released was an edited version. Apparently, it was like they were in there for like over an hour doing mm-hmm. this thing. So the band said there's a longer version of the conversation that hasn't been released. Also, the band said that after it finished, the presenter went up to one of the guys and shook him in the hand and said sorry they made me do this like oh really and the 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 band member said like it was really awkward the guy like really like stared me in the eyes and like squeezed my hand and said they made me do this (laughs) so it was like the that leads me to believe i don't know the band member said that don't know how true it is we're just going off of this information but like that leads me to believe the station were just like you know yeah we're gonna like prod we're gonna like like poke them a little bit we're gonna poke the bit like see how they fuck up so we can create some controversy and so like yeah I think the band said like they felt like they were the guinea pigs for cancel culture like (laughs) yeah yeah that was you know yeah Yeah. that's probably when cancel culture was really starting it's just starting up and and I think the problem is and the band have talked about this is that they weren't equipped to deal or respond to any of this especially the fact that a lot of them are still you know, abusing substances, still rolling around in that kind of chaotic way kind of thing. Yeah. They're not like, I think people were like looking to them to sort of like set a moral high ground and like set the record straight and apologize. And none of that happened because frankly, the band didn't know how to deal with that media sort of attention Mm -hmm. and spotlight on them. They did, they said they didn't have a big label backing behind them. They didn't have any PR people helping them out. It was just them like, and so they've said subsequently, like, yeah, we should have come out and we should have said this and that and the other. But they said they didn't know how to deal with that at the time. They just didn't. It have- wasn't their job to be the PR people. Like they weren't, yeah. they weren't trying to like devastate their own band. Exactly. Yeah. They weren't, they just didn't know, 
like you said, they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. They didn't know how to respond to that time. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it, it put them in a negative light. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though that's not what they were trying and they didn't deserve it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, I think there's no excusing bad behavior and shitty behavior, but you know, at the same time though, it's like, you gotta be a little bit more pragmatic. Like, you know, it's like if a child like smashes something and throws a tantrum, you're not going to cancel them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're going to be like, you know, okay, this is what you did wrong. You need to like learn what you did wrong. You need to like kind of figure that out, you know, and then not do that again, like mm -hmm. in the future. And um, and and I know these sticky fingers guys are supposed to be adults, but they're still like twenty something, and they're in a band and they're rolling around, getting out of it, being rock stars. It's like, do you really like look to those people for like moral guidance and yeah? Like, what are you expecting as, from yeah, these yeah, type exactly. of people, these kids? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's putting a bit of pressure on them. Especially, it's different if I it's mean, just a conversation amongst people. But once it's like mainstream fucking media spotlight, it's like, come on. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like like you said. It seems yeah. like it's coming from Triple J, and they yeah. they made somebody do this. Like they knew they had an agenda. Like they yeah. saw an opportunity yeah. to get people listening to their station yeah like oh let's 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 rile these guys up see what you know there's they knew there was a situation yeah and they gave them the opportunity they could have said oh i'm sorry we shouldn't have done this we shouldn't have done that we shouldn't have said this well they could have coached them because uh, apparently they also yeah. into they asked them onto the show and told them that they wouldn't talk about this like apparently oh. that's what the band members see that's said. that's this is all on triple j yeah this is that's what it seems triple like. j is not looking good in this situation i don't think so yeah. Okay, then that's what I'm kind of settling on. Yeah. I don't think the band did anything super wrong. They they should have apologized yeah. for the things that they did wrong and they should have admitted it and been a little bit more empathetic yeah. and like out front about the situation yeah. and handled it yeah. with responsibility and accountability. Yeah. Uh, but they just didn't. But I can't blame them for that because they were kids. Yeah, and they uh, had no one supporting them, you know, around them. No like role model type. Yeah band manager or anything like that i think yeah so you know and one thing they've also said is about this is throughout this whole process one of the band members said it's hard to better yourself when people are saying shit about you <laughs> i mean i can't you imagine know? yeah like you're trying to like okay i'm trying to figure out all of this shit and but you know like you're trying to figure out who you are and people yeah. are telling you who you are or yeah. what you're not people are tweeting this that and the other about who you are and what you think and all that when you're not really there mentally to like address that or mm -hmm. like take that in kind of thing you know so unfortunate uh, circumstance that's that's kind of what happens when you get famous yeah you kind of there's some compromises you got to take yeah but yeah so that's kind of the most interesting story about this this band and they kind of made it out the other end and i've seen you know videos where they're they're kind of talking about the past and they're like that's all yeah. in the past now yeah uh, we do apologize we, we're sorry for how that happened we're sorry for how we responded yeah. to the things happening yeah and they seem apologetic and they seem like they just they want to spread love and they just want to create music and spread love through the music yeah from what i'm seeing so that's for that reason i'm saying these guys they do seem cool yeah and you know chill let's play another song yeah let's do get into for it. a song uh, I'll just play it. We'll tell you what it is afterwards. <laughs>
sleeping through the flood from Sticky Fingers from their album Yours to Keep. So good. That's a really nice track, that. And uh, Yours to Keep was, what, their fourth album? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. And um, at this time, they got sober to do this album, they said. They all went to this one like residential recording studio and they, some of them, most of them went vegan, they said. Some of mm-hmm. them started surfing. They all decided to be sober for the writing and the recording of this album. And so this is after the hiatus, is that right? Yeah, so they came back after the hiatus. Yeah, March 26th, 2018, yeah. they sent a picture on their Instagram with the five of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically saying, you know, like, or I think the caption was, look who's back. Right. Yeah. And so they were ready, signaling the return. So on March 30th that year, they played Bad Friday, a neighborhood music festival in Sydney. Um, and then, yeah, 2018, they released a comeback single kick on from that album, I think. Mm-hmm. And they started yeah, doing some touring and stuff, touring yeah. and stuff. And then that album came out. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. A little bit of a different direction. They're, they're pushing. You can hear the sound evolving as their albums come out. Yeah. They've, they're not doing the reggae vibe anymore. Like I don't really hear it in there at all, actually. Like, I think it's cool that they yeah. moved away from it. Yeah, I do as well. Cause I like reggae, but it's also a little bit like... You can't just do uh, reggae all the time. No, you can't just do reggae. <laughs> it's only it's a certain good number in the little groups. bit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because like, I thought some of their earlier stuff was reminding me a bit of like Sublime or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I like how they've sort of moved away and, and they've got this other sort of sound now that is not really indie rock. It's, I don't know well, how you describe it, really. but it's They're doing their own thing. It's Sticky Fingers yeah. genre. Yeah. And uh, the album cover for this one, Yours to Keep, is really good as well. It's got like that um, tiger, right, on the front of it. I was going to say leopard. Leopard, yeah. Okay, it's all graphical, stiffy. That's like what people call them, apparently. That's the shortened name, Sticky Fingers. Stiffy. Stiffy. Um, Apparently the album cover was done by this guy called Brad Teoduruk. I'm not saying his last name correctly, but... Paddy was saying that uh, the bass player from the band that he replaced designer drugs with designer clothing, hmm. <laughs> and he said he went to a Gucci store and he was in there looking around. He said some other guy comes in and they're like handing him champagne and stuff like that. And he was like, "Who's this guy?" He was like, "I got to talk to this guy." And it turns out to be this artist. They get talking. The guy shows him some of his stuff, and then Paddy's like, "Oh, you got to do the album cover for our next album," kind of thing. Weird. Met an artist in a Gucci store. Yeah, and then he did it. <laughs> That's um, cool. And this guy's stuff's yeah, it's really good. He's very sort of all this vibrant, colorful stuff. I, I just found a photo of this guy. I'll put it up on the screen as well. He kind of looks like he could be a member of Sticky Fingers. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the next <laughs> member. He's like... He does. He has the paddy haircut a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like weird. I don't know what... It's he's like got a, those bangs. Yeah. Those like... The, the scrub on the, the facial exactly. hair. Yeah, yeah. The 70s glasses. Yeah, the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's the general, the t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. I thought well, the other thing that's interesting about this band, Sticky Fingers, though, is there's like this uh, documentary, short 14-minute thing, I think, that was made in 2012 that someone re-uploaded to YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of old interviews with the band members around that time. Dylan looks like super young. He looks like a like a clean-cut skater teenager. Right. And I was looking at later things with this 
guy with like a mop haircut and like, yeah. and I was like, is that the same guy? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he grew up. He grew up a lot. Very different looking. It's like yeah. two different people. But anyway, in this documentary, the manager is like uh, interviewed a little bit kind of thing. And mm -hmm. he said some interesting things. An observation that I just like, yeah, didn't think of until I heard him say it was... Because th this band, they're like chaotic, right? Their energy is chaotic as people. They seem like, how the fuck can they like put stuff together? Mm -hmm. He's like, the managers said like, yeah, the, their music is mature. Like, mm -hmm. you know, all their maturity is in their music, but not really in their personalities. That makes like, a lot of sense. Yeah. Because yeah. the music is good and it's, it sounds yeah. like these parts are working together. Yeah. They're not, it's not like a garagey, no. punky sound. No, it's very like, well put together it's refined. and the lyrics as well are, are really good um mm -hmm. there's this one track it's called hurricane i couldn't find it on any album but there's like a live acoustic version that a couple of the guys did mm -hmm. and there's like a reaction video that someone did of like watching the video and giving his reaction to it um and the lyrics were like super deep the guy was saying yeah i had to like before i listened to the song i had to go look up the lyrics and they said they're very deep they're very like you know well thought out kind of thing so it's weird, like they have these really thoughtful, deep lyrics, really good music, but also I would be scared to hang out with them in real life. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they seem dangerous it a little bit. <laughs> literally. Yeah, li literally dangerous. <laughs> Watch out. Well, because you know about the other thing that happened, right? With Paddy and Dylan, you hear about this? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, there was a whole court case because Paddy had like, bashed dylan over the head oh yeah, yeah i think yeah. he was sent to prison or something or yeah he was sentenced to prison but he served it in community service i think but yeah um, that was yeah. bad that was bad but then they seemed to get together because that was in 2018 or 19 i think that happened what what happened with that they just had an argument there's some argument in an alleyway i think i don't know the specifics paddy like assorted dylan uh, Dylan must have got him arrested or done something because there was a whole court case about it. Right. Um, and then Dil uh, Paddy was sentenced to, I think, like over a year in prison or something, but they were allowed to let him serve it as community service, so he didn't actually have to go to jail. But they they patched things up because they're back now in 2022 right. with that new album, all the same lineup, all the same members, so... But yeah, you know, dangerous shit. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's unexplainable because they're like friends and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know who, whether Dylan pressed charges. It must have done, it sounds like. He wouldn't, I don't know how the, the law system works over there. I'm sure it's not that different than here. But like, you know, you would have to press char charges to have it go that far, right? Something. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, if you guys know any yeah. more about that trial or that incident, yeah. Let us know because we'd be interested to find out. Yeah. Drop it in the comments. Um, and then, so yeah, where where else are we? The Basically, this brings us to 2022, mm -hmm. their Lecker Boy album yeah. called Lecker Boy. Stinger Finger, Sticky Fingers' newest album. Yeah. Um, 13 songs, 52 minutes. Yeah. Another solid one. Um, yeah. Same kind of trajectory as the music styling, not moving away from the reggae. Yeah. Moving into their own kind of style. Mm -hmm. um, and there's good stuff on here. Yeah, we're gonna end the podcast with the track off of this, so we could all listen. Yeah, what do you think about this? Uh, it's good. Yeah, solid. They're getting better and better. It's really good. Um, I'm pleased that somehow they managed to string things together and keep it going and not implode. Despite the yeah. 
adverse variables in their band. Yeah, because I feel like they're still, they're not completely sober. Like I've seen recent interviews and they, Dylan seems still seems a little like he might need a little bit of more chill out time or something. <laughs> I don't know. Time out, man. Time yeah, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, I'm just saying they just seem still a little bit intense kind of thing. Sure. Um, but their music's great and apparently Lekka, I don't know if you say Lekka, how it's pronounced. Oh, I was saying it. Uh, mean, it's like slang. I think it's like South African slang or something. It means like it means several things. It means like sweet or fantastic or something like that. Hmm. So, Lekker Boy. That's where the title comes from. With this uh, an old Asian man on the cover with with grills. It's quite quite the album cover. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard to look at, but. Uh, <laughs> The music's good. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> you can see that cover. Or go uh, Google the sticky fingers. Or Google it while you're... Not while you're driving, though. No. Pull over. Yeah. Yeah. And look at Lekker Boy pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, that's all I got on sticky fingers, my man. Yeah, me too. Good music. Um, Interesting band. Good music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's all to be said. I think, we, I think we told the story pretty well. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was cool, but I mean, overall, we're here for the music. Yeah. And the music is good. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, usually I like to know the, the creative process, where people came from. That's kind of like the main thing of this podcast. But like, yeah, it's like there. And I think we've talked about it before, like how uh, media narratives can get spun. It's like you either mm -hmm. write your own narrative or it gets written for you. And I think they've had a little bit of that happen to them. You know, the narrative has been written about them rather than them setting it straight. Right. But they've also said, just listen to the music. They put it all into the music. Mm -hmm. They said, if you're wondering what our response is, just listen to the albums. Yeah, so, and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That should be the way that they respond. Yeah. So that's great. So yeah, that's all I have. Sticky fingers. Yeah. Let's call it. I think this was a good episode. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Um, if you want to hang out with us, Roots to Grooves, on Instagram at Rooster Grooves, Twitter at Rooster Grooves, um, YouTube at Rooster Grooves, YouTube.com at Rooster Grooves. Where else are we? Uh, I think that's it for right now. Oh, TikTok. TikTok. At Signal Radio. Yeah. So hit us up. Um, yeah. If you guys want to talk about sticky fingers, leave some info or facts in the comments. And if you want to hit us up directly, um, say what's up. Please do. We'd love to say hello. And Jay's got the email for us. Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com, S I G N L radio.com. Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S I G N L radio.com. <laughs>